Hello, and welcome to the Yes You May live stream podcast, where we talk all about how you can give yourself permission to tackle your own life and live it to its fullest ability. Today, I have a good friend of mine on. Her name is Vivian Cobb, and she told me something interesting recently that made me go, oh, we need to talk about that further, so save it for the podcast. So without further ado, here is my friend Vivian Cobb to talk to us about how crying can help you. Hi, Vivian. How are you? Hi, Amanda May. I'm doing fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you for so coming much on. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you said that crying can actually be more uh, beneficial than laughter. And I was like, stop everything. I need to know more, but don't tell me now because I think other people need to know this too. So without wasting any more time, because I don't, I just dive into things. Tell me a little bit more about this. Like, how did you find out that crying was more beneficial, is beneficial? Like, give me the details because I need to know. You need the deets, huh? I do. I need the deets. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a little bit of a sad story, of oh. course. It involves crying. <laughs> True. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> I should have expected that. <laughs> yeah. Should have. Uh, 10 years ago, I lost my husband to oh. cancer. Uh, and I also simultaneously lost my house and my financial security. I mean, oh. all of it. All of it went at the same time because he failed to mention that we were in foreclosure before he died. Oh, yeah. So it was a very traumatic time, as you can imagine, uh, for yeah. me uh, to have that much loss. And it's considered compound loss because you lose many things at the same time. Oh. And it was a mess. The state was a mess. There were a lot of creditors uh, breathing down my neck. And so I had a lot to deal with on top of my grief for for losing him. And I kind of put set that aside a little bit because I was, I was in survival mode. I was trying to deal with all this stuff coming down on me. And I, of course, went into therapy. I needed a little support at the time. And my therapist told me that I needed to, cr to cry and I was crying. Well, let me back up. I was crying all the time. Sure. <laughs> I would go to the grocery store and I'd burst out crying. I would oh. go, you know, and I was embarrassed and I was horrified and I just could not keep the tears from flowing. I mean, I had a lot to cry about and I would try to keep it all in, but there was just too much and it was just, right. and my therapist said, no, that's what you need to be doing. I was like, I'm just, I'm mortified. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed. And she's like, no, you need to cry as much as you can cry. And once I got that through my head and I started yeah. to allow that to happen, it helped me so much. And I actually started doing research about it. Right. Because... <laughs> That's and that's when I found out that contrary to popular belief, and although laughing is great medicine, it is not the best medicine. It's actually crying that helps us purge our emotions out of our body, but it also helps us purge toxins out of our bodies. Our tears actually have different chemical compositions depending on what we're crying about like if we have happy tears versus really sad or traumatized tears there's different uh 
chemicals in our tears that that are releasing out of our bodies. So it is our natural, it is our body's natural way of purging. No kidding. And we, the tragedy here is that we are taught at a very mm -hmm. young age to not cry. Right. And and I am an emotions advocate now. That's part of what I do and what I speak about. And this has come about because of this. And especially for our men, our little boys, that we yeah. are like, suck it up. You're a man. Don't cry. All of that negativity creates people to suppress their tears. And that's actually really bad for us. It's a very natural process. And yet we're taught not to do it. And so I'm out there. My mission is to uh, let everybody know that, no, you should be crying. And when I was in the thick of it, and I did this for years, uh, instead of suppressing my, my tears, I turned it into an exercise almost, a, a daily thing that I would do if I felt like I needed to cry. And you know how sometimes you get those feelings of, oh, I need to cry, but I can't, or mm -hmm. I'm not, or I don't have time. I would set a timer for 15 minutes and I would put on the, the song that I knew would make me cry or the movie that I knew would make me cry. And I would sit there for 15 minutes and, and just bawl my eyes out, you know, boo-hoo it. And then when the timer was up, it was like, okay, done. I'll get on with my day. And that way I wasn't caught by surprise when the tears would come. I, I actually helped them purge. And I truly believe that that practice was what helped me heal from all the pain and grief that I was in. Uh, so it's kind of a crying party almost. <laughs> uh, and it's, and people are very uncomfortable with that because again, we've yeah. been taught crying is a bad thing, but it's really, really not. So I encourage you and your listeners to take the opportunity when it arises to go with it, dive into those tears and let them flow. It's really, really good for you. That is so crazy because we, we always think of it as weak or, oh, I shouldn't do this. And I feel like often it's an apology, right? In terms of if somebody else sees us do it, we instantly for, I would say the majority of us, we feel the need to apologize. Exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I try and stop ourselves, right? Like we try to stop ourselves. We try to hide our faces. We try to run away from it and apologize for it even happening because there's this implicit thing within society. I would say across most of societies, like not just the American one, but I would think that that's a pretty commonplace thing is that it's not okay and that we should not do it and we should be apologetic about it. Exactly. And yet what? we don't apologize when we start to laugh, do we? No, never. <laughs> Actually, I do sometimes because I can get loud, but uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's another story. It's like, whoops, I shouldn't be laughing right now. Sorry. But I also do that too. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, that was probably inappropriate. Or I like turn things into something trying to be a joke. Um, but it doesn't <laughs> yeah. always go well. <laughs> True. However, Oops. but you're right. And I, I actually talk about that in my speeches. And I, I bring up that very point that 
people apologize immediately when they start to cry. And it's because we know that the people we are with are uncomfortable with our crying. Right. And that's got to change. Everybody needs to be comfortable with crying. And, and if you're around people who aren't comfortable with you crying, maybe you're around the wrong people. That's kind of what I, where I've come down. We should be, we should be free to be who we are, when we are and what, and do what we need to do. And, and a lot of that is be able to express our emotions. And of course, appropriately, I mean, you don't want to go running amok, but there, there has to be a, a situation where we can all be, be comfortable around our emotions and crying, like I said, is so important. And it's how we really connect. And have yeah. you noticed when you cry or when you see somebody crying, you ha have those feelings as well. You kind of join in with, right. I have a really hard time being around people who are crying because I want to cry too. And I have now given myself permission to cry too, if I need to. So that's, that's really important. Well, you know, I like the give yourself permission and I want to come back to that, but you mentioned something. How do we create the safe space? How do we make that change in society? And not just, you know, if they're, if they're not allowed to cry, but how do we actively try to make it okay for ourselves to cry, to have other people cry, um, to encourage that, I guess is the word that I'm looking for. What what can we do as a society to make that better? Well, we need to start young. I mean, when you think about it, crying is literally the first thing we do when we pop out of our mothers. You know, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. That's how natural a response it is to life. And yeah. we need to change our mindset around crying and the importance of crying. I believe we have to start with our children and allowing them and not saying something to them like if you don't stop crying i'll give you something to cry about how, ma how many yeah, times have you heard that right that's like the absolute worst thing we can say <laughs> to our children <laughs> we need to say it's okay to cry you know express yourself and and be comforting and nurturing and let let them know it's okay to to do that. And again, especially our boys, because you know men die younger than us, and that's because true they stuff their emotions all of their entire lives. So if we could change that at a very early age, and and have a culture of of self expression and acceptance of our feelings and crying is part of that. And then getting in touch with our own biases around crying, you know, for the older generation. I mean, it took a lot for me to change my view about crying because I too was brought up in a culture and a society where it was looked at as a negative thing. And yet after doing all the research I've done, it's the absolute opposite. So education yeah, uh, and learning to be comfortable with it in yourself so you can be comfortable in it when others, others do the same thing around you and you can be comforting for them. Yeah. That's, and I think it goes back to giving yourself permission and mm -hmm. then making that permission known. 
especially to your kids, right? Like if you have kids encouraging that, like, it's okay to cry, you know, maybe not forever and indefinitely, <laughs> right. okay to laugh. but it isn't a negative for long periods of time. Do you think there is a certain amount of crying that we can do or that we should do? Or do you think just as much as we want, or is there like a sweet spot? Like you mentioned the 15 minutes, is there a sweet spot to get it out and move on? Uh, I think that's going to be within each individual, of course, but you're right. If you are crying incessantly all day long, then there's probably a problem and you probably need to get professional help. Uh, that's, you know, but you're going to know that within yourself. Um, but we don't, we don't put a limit on laughing. So let's not put a limit on crying either. If you need to cry, you need to cry. And I found that once I know for me, my fear when back when I was in the thick of all of that, I, I had so much pain inside of me. I was afraid if I started crying, I would never stop. I mean, that's right. how it felt. But of course, that's not true. When you cry and you, and you get it out of your system, you actually feel relief. Uh, yeah. Endorphins are released, just like in laughing you actually feel better afterward. But like all of our emotions, they come in waves. Yes. <laughs> so you're gonna have a crying spout, you might have a laughing bout, and then, you know, it'll come back. Just be, be with it. And a lot of times it takes self-reflection. It's like, okay, well, why am I sad right now? Why am I mm. feeling? this depth of sorrow in me that I have to express it this way and maybe self-reflect on that. See if you're triggered in some way, you know, so, something may have happened in your life that has caused this sadness, sadness that's deep inside of you. And you might want to look at that. You want to purge it, of course, but right. I'm all about self-reflection and mindfulness and awareness and looking at why we do what we do. Uh, but in the moment of, of um, oh, sorry about that. In the moment of, of the uh, crying, just go with it, just let yeah. it flow. And then maybe reflect on it after you're, after you're finished. But the, but the truth is you will stop crying eventually. <laughs> <laughs> you really will. So don't be afraid, I guess, is my message there. That's a, that is a good point. I mean, at some point, we've all heard that saying, like, you'll cry yourself to sleep, right? And it's literally something when you have babies, you're like, just let them cry themselves back to sleep. And it will happen. It will eventually stop. And to your point, like, acknowledging that and being aware of it in advance it's almost like anything else, right? Like when you set the expectations beforehand, the outcome is that much better. You also said you release endorphins when you cry. Mm -hmm. And I never really put that together, but I have identified in the past that I felt better after crying. And it was almost like, I don't know why I got so upset. I don't know why I felt that strongly. Uh, and I, I don't know why I got that worked up. Mm -hmm. And yet after crying, I felt so much better. And that's what came afterwards. I was like, 
I don't know why that bothered me so much. It really wasn't that bad now that I'm looking at it. But that only tends to happen swiftly post-crying. Because when you hold it in and you bottle it in, that's when, well, that's when you can explode. <laughs> like on somebody else. I mean, like mm-hmm. you can just let things build too much and then it's it all comes out at once. Mm-hmm. Instead of just getting, working through it and allowing your body to process. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly why I'm an emotions advocate right there. I'm all about, so I'm all about helping people understand how important it is to process embrace all emotions even the sad ones even the ones we think aren't great you know our fear our anger our angst our uh, you know our sadness our sorrow those are all just as important as our happy emotions that that bring us joy and laughter and we need all of it to be complete human beings and I love what you said there. Absolutely. It's all about processing and 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 working our way through it because stuff is going to happen. Yeah. And like I said, we're going to be triggered. We're going to be disappointed. We're going to be surprised. All the emotions, all of it. And we need to know what to do with it as opposed to suppressing them, stuffing them, running from them, numbing them, which is the worst. But again, a society a society that encourages that. Go to the bar, have a drink, right. everything will be fine. I was just thinking, alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. It is such a prevailing thing. And yet it's a depressant. So mm-hmm. like when you're already down and you drink alcohol, it gives you that. It's almost like a burst of caffeine instantaneously. But then you're just like, Ooh. right. And one thing I noticed actually with alcohol, as I got older, my hangovers turned from like, I'm not feeling well the next day to I'm depressed all day long. Mm. And that, that doesn't help at all. And that's something that I remind myself of now. It's like, nah, I don't need a drink. Cause I don't want to feel terrible the next day. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's much healthier, much healthier to process yeah. your emotions. And yes, it's hard at times, but it's worth the journey. I, that's what I found through my story. Uh, it is definitely worth the journey because if we deal with the lower and it's all energy, right? And the mm-hmm. lower vibration emotions like sorrow, if we deal with those, then it actually elevates our happier emotions. Yes. And, and like I talk about, you can't have day without night night without day. You can't. So you, can't, you can't have the good without the bad or the bad without the good. You can't have light without darkness. And, and so it's okay. Give yourself permission to go into the darkness, go into the pain, process it. And then when you get through it, the light whew, feels even better. It's like, wow. Yeah. That that's what, that's our natural ability. And we have somewhere along the way, we got really messed up on that. Well, that doesn't surprise me that much. (laughs) So my mission as an emotions advocate and a speaker, inspirational speaker, is to go out there and spread this message to people so that they can change their mindset about their emotions and how important they all are, not just the good ones, all of them. 
All and of them. We, and we need to embrace all of them. We need to embrace the crying just as much as the laughing. Just as much. I, I think that is brilliant. It's interesting because last week um, at one of my meetings, one of my friends, his name is Coach Joe Sasha. I was trying to find the exact quote to quote him because it, he said it so eloquently. He was asked a question about, you know, looking on the bright side of things. And he, I'm going to paraphrase, and I will find the exact quote because it was very good. He said, you can't, I don't think you can, what did he say? I don't think you can enjoy the bright side without being on the dark side at some point. Mm -hmm. It was reversed. And it was so much more eloquent than what I just said. And he just like said it. And I was like, <laughs> you got to write that. Somebody write it down. And clearly I didn't do a good job at it. But it, it, you bring up a good point. Like to really be able to appreciate the laughter, the fun, the good times, you have to have that dichotomy, which is the human experience which is why we are here in the first place is to experience the roller coaster and have the fun with it and to feel the ups, to feel the downs and to allow ourselves to appreciate both mm -hmm. instead of be shamed, be, um, be afraid. Judged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and have a good time with it in the speaking world. They say that if you're going to make somebody feel sad or cry, you have to, find a way to bring them back up afterwards. What are your thoughts on that? I would agree with that. Uh, as a speaker, I definitely work really hard. I know my story is hard to listen to. Uh, and I go into much further detail usually on in my keynote than I have here. And, and my audience is 100% of the time, there'll be somebody in my audience who's crying with me. I'm not afraid to cry while, while I'm speaking. I, I still, even 10 years later, cannot <clears throat> tell that story without getting emotional and, and crying uh, because it was such a huge, huge upset in my life. Uh, and I've worked through it, but that pain is always going to be somewhere in there. And when I talk about it, I bring it to the forefront, which helps me connect with my audience. And so they're crying too. But I'm also very careful to be light. And like you said, bring them back up. You don't want to leave them down in the dumps. Uh, right. Kind of like a sad movie. We, we, we want that happy ending after the, <laughs> we need it. Uh, and the happy ending of course, is that I've moved on in my life. I'm now living a passion that I've dreamed about since I was 16. I mean, my life would not be this life had my husband stayed alive. So I have to look at, and again, there's the, the, the duality that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, even though it was a very tragic event, I, I have to, in order to continue with my life and enjoy my life, I have to look at the bright side of that really tragic event. And so that's what I bring to my audiences and that's what inspires them eventually. Yeah. Do you think that in every tragedy, there is always something to be learned and learned in a positive light, something absolutely. positive that comes out? I absolutely do. And I know that sounds, you know, there's some been some really horrific things that have happened in our world True. and especially lately. Um, but 
yes we have we have to look at it that way because if we don't then we would all go slash our wrists i guess i mean we have to have that hope right we have to have something to glean out of the tragedies that happen i mean like even the holocaust you know there are so many incredible stories of courage mm -hmm. and magnificence out of that horrific tragedy and yeah it takes a little work sometimes to find it <laughs> uh but absolutely i do i do i believe that there is a silver lining to everything if we take the time to look for it i think that's the key too is the taking the time to look for it and i think that's one of the vital lessons here right you have to take the time to look for it it's your own responsibility and not for others but for yourself to see because in my opinion, you really learn after you reflect. It's, oh, yeah. You learn while doing, but then you learn reflecting on what happened, whether the outcome was what it wanted, what you wanted or what it, you didn't want. It still was a process for you to be able to learn from, to glean knowledge for somebody else, to improve, you know, obviously depending on the situation, what we're talking about, but you just, you just never know what you're going to get out of it. And I always say that like our life is not linear. We tend to think like we're going to be on this linear path and everything should just go like this. When in reality, we take all these zigs and zags, just like hiking a mountain. You never just hike straight up, right? The trail always winds around and you can't stop halfway through a, tra a trail on a hike. Like you either have to keep going up or you have to turn around and come back down, but you can't just stay still. Mm -hmm. And you, all those things are preparing you for what is to come without those things where you're at now wouldn't be so like even with my own self journey i see like okay had i not gone through bad relationship after bad relationship with mounds of debt and yada yada i wouldn't have gotten fed up with myself <laughs> moved to atlanta and started everything over again but i also wouldn't have made the friends along the way and i wouldn't have learned the skills on how to improve my credit how to get better how to pay things off how to make money when you had to and all of those things help. All of them make a difference and make you who you are. Absolutely. And without them, like, wouldn't it be boring? It would be. And I and we all know this. We know this. We forget it. But we all know that we learn in our times of ad adversity. You know, when we're happy and everything's going fabulous, yeah. we don't stop and say, oh, hmm, why am I happy right now? I <laughs> No, we're like, we shouldn't anyway. I am happy and I'm so happy that I'm happy. <laughs> and that's, and that's what we should do. But when we're down, like you said, and we're going through our challenges and our lessons, that's where our, our lessons are. And I always say our lessons are at the other side of our pain and we've mm. got to go through it. Oh, I like that and then we learn so much. We grow. I, and if you ask me, that's why, like you said earlier, that's why we're here. That's yeah. the meaning of life. We are here to learn. And our lessons are in our adversity. And we need to take time to reflect. We need to take time to cry. We need to take time to feel all of it. And it's not easy. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's funny because I've been listening and nobody, you know, this whole idea that life is easy. It's not. It's not meant to be easy. It's meant to be meant a to journey. Be. 
So I've been listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with Abraham Hicks a lot, um, Mm -hmm. talks a lot about manifestation, law of attraction, you know, feeling, uh, the vortex, all the things, the inner beings. And one thing that I find really interesting that's really hit home recently, and I've been trying to remind myself more and more of is like, when you ask for something, when you want something and it immediately appears, that is not as satisfying as the journey to get to what you want. Mm, I love that. You wouldn't want to eat all the food that you're ever going to eat and never eat again. There is enjoyment and there is um, satisfaction in figuring things out, in going on that journey. You know, the reward for a hike is the beautiful view at the top, but you don't just drive to the top and say, oh, this is beautiful. When you hike it, and you're sweating and you're out of breath and your dog is pulling you up the hill because he sets the pace. Let's be honest. My dog sets the pace. Bless his cute little face. But he does. People are always like, you hike very fast. I'm like, no, it's the dog. <laughs> I, don't, I don't choose. But anyways, I'm going to sidetrack here. I so much more enjoy. At the top, I'm just like so proud of myself. I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed the time to, you know, think. And when I am working on my website, right, or on my business, my podcast, I remind myself lately, I don't just instantly want everything to be done because I thoroughly enjoy solving the problem and going on that journey. And too often, especially in the society, and I I think it's something that we need to actively work to combat for the younger generations is this instant gratification. Mm -hmm. Because that's not, it's just not as fulfilling. And it's not not reality. (laughs) plus plus it's just it's not gonna happen your whole life like you got to work for things but i think they have this and i I only know because i've got three of them in my life they have this instant gratification that has never been around for any generation in the past Mm -hmm. and and it's they're i just feel like they don't get to experience and enjoy things as much because there is this certain element that like going through that journey is worth it. Okay. That's I, it. That's what I got. <laughs> I agree with you, girl. <laughs> you got it. Spot yeah, that's on. That's my tangent. <laughs> that's, that's it. I'm done. Oh, <laughs> uh, Vivian, I realize it's now 30 minutes in. So we are right there where I wanted to keep you at and not force you to talk to me all day long. Although I feel like we could totally talk all day long. Good. I do think so. But thank you for coming on. If the people want to get in touch with you, Miss Vivian, where would they find you? What's the best place to reach out to you, to learn Uh, more, to follow along on your journey of crime? Well, I'm, of course, on all the places, LinkedIn and whatever, but probably the fastest, most direct way would be to go to my website, to my contact page, and that would be VivianCobbSpeaking.com. Ta-da. Easy, easy. Super, and then super, super easy. Contact button and boom. <laughs> there I will be. <laughs> Ta-da, I'm here. <laughs> yes. How may I help you? That's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. I do appreciate it. And if you guys liked what Vivian had to say, we'll have her links in the show notes as well. Check her out. She's a good friend of mine. And be sure to continue following around because someday you might see Vivian and I in person doing something together. In like the next month. I don't know. Something might be happening.
<laughs> something somewhere might be happening. Don't something somewhere. <laughs> don't, don't don't tell our mentor uh, and and good friend that we might dive bomb him though. <laughs> I don't know if he, I don't think he knows what he's gotten himself into is all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but it's going to be a great time. This was an absolute pleasure, Amanda May. Thank you so much for having me. And hopefully I will come back someday. I would love that. that. I know. I keep like compiling people. I'm like, well, I, yeah, I should definitely have more people on, but I like, I liked that conversation. We should do it again. <laughs> well, I'm so here for you, girl. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. And as always, thank you for watching the Yes You May or listening to the Yes You May live stream podcast here every Tuesday and wherever you might enjoy podcasts. Thank you so much. I hope everybody has a beautiful, positive day where you've learned to give yourself permission. Bye now. Bye.